Thanks for joining us for World of Lies. This is Purity for Life. The kingdom of God, you know, has always been built around people struggling through spiritual issues, life issues, going to the Lord. It's not meant to be given in a microwave mindset, you know, or you just snap your finger, type in your question, and there it is. That is not the way the kingdom of God works. Humans, we are driven, driven by our desires, the desire for happiness, the desire to be loved, the desire for comfort, for sex, for food, and many others. These desires shape us and dictate our decisions. One of the strongest desires inside every human being is the desire for knowledge. And in the 21st century, we have unprecedented ability to indulge that desire. The modern man has access to an almost limitless amount of information, and he can access it without even getting out of bed. On the surface, this abundance of knowledge seems to make limitless progress attainable for us, but at what price, especially when almost all of it is coming from a world of lies. Today we tackle three more areas of deception, mass media, the internet, and pornography. Thanks for joining us for today's show, deception.com. Today we wanna deal with things that are surrounding mass media. We live in very confusing, perplexing times. The issues that our world is facing seem to be coming much more quickly and with a lot more intensity. Things like the coronavirus, global warming, um, tensions about injustice. These are very unsettling to people. And so they spend a lot of time trying to keep up to date with what they should know to make sense of the world that they're living in. But you say in your book that this is exposing people to an even greater danger. Why do you say that? Well, let's face it. The news is just another form of entertainment. And, you know, so what do you do when you have a TV show, you want people watching it because mm -hmm. the higher your ratings, the more you can sell your advertising for it. So the way the news keeps people coming back is constantly putting big stories, you know, something that will titillate their senses and get them excited and so on. And so, you know, all these big things that are happening in the culture, I mean, golly, when you think about the realities of what's happening in the world, some of these things are not big stories. They're mm. being made into big stories. Mm -hmm. And this is the way the news has been from the beginning. I mean, go back to the 1880s, for instance, and you've got a, a reporter for the New York Times, and he wants to keep people coming back to his newspaper and buying them every day. So he's writing stories that are going to grab people's attention. So let's say he does a series on how bad tenement buildings are. And pretty soon you've got the whole city, or at least all those people reading that newspaper, all in the same mindset of looking at these tenement buildings. Oh, this is a terrible thing. Hmm. 
Okay, never mind whether it's terrible or not. That's not the point I'm getting at. The point I'm getting at is a corporate consciousness being um, established and run by a newspaper or okay. a news outlet. Take it back into the unseen realm for a minute. You've got the kingdom of God with the culture involved there, and then you have the kingdom of the world. So when Christians who should be all about the kingdom of God and the mindset, the corporate consciousness that is established in that kingdom, but they are taking their attention and their hearts and their minds and getting all in wrapped up into this world mindset, this corporate consciousness that the devil is creating. You see the problem. Our hearts and our minds are not where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. We're being drawn away into this whole drama that the news organizations are pushing, you know, for their own purposes. Yeah. But nevertheless, it's taking us away from the things of God. I think the issue that people would have with the answer that you gave to the first question is that tenement buildings, one tenement building that's a small thing in the 1880s, but when it reveals a larger issue, then it does seem like it becomes something to be concerned about. So what is wrong with people um, wanting to know about these things and even becoming involved with some of these things? Well, let me just, let me just uh, change the metaphor. I think it was back in the 90s that the public finally rose up against the tobacco companies. And I mean, they were getting blistered everywhere. Hmm. And, um, you know, I agree. Cigarette smoking is horrible. It's yeah. just what it does to people is a horrible thing. But that is a, an example of a, a value system in, within the ranks of humanism that would be considered, this is terrible. You know, well, it is terrible from a temporal perspective. Hmm. The, the bigger issue is that the kingdom of God is looking at things from an eternal perspective, and that's what's the most important thing. God's perspective is always taken into account the eternal, hmm. whereas the world, all you can expect from people of the world is that they are going to look at what is important right now, what is important for this temporal mindset. Mm. And so things like um, cigarette smoking or tenement buildings or, or whatever, you know, they are going to just pump those things up and make them enormous. But what is more important to us? We should be set apart. We should have a completely different mindset than the world. We should be over here saying, yeah, that's, that is bad, but not any comparison to an eternal soul lost in hell. Mm. That is what should be important to mm. believers. Mm. So it's not so much an issue of this perspective being wholly wrong. It's just that all the things that are left out makes it a deception. I think that's probably one of the reasons that people love the internet is because they don't have to dial into a specific viewpoint from somebody else. They can just pick and choose what they believe is true. Yeah. So on the internet, you have 50 different answers instead of being just, you know, subject to CBS, CNN, or Fox. Yeah. But 
What's the matter if there's 50 or two or three? It's still all the world. Mm. And the, the enemy, if he's keeping your mind over here, that's the important thing to him. He doesn't care if it's CNN or, or Fox mm. or what, or some internet site, as long as it's keeping your mind from the kingdom of God issues. Okay. When we look at Google, let's just focus specifically on that one search engine. The, the word Google actually means a number so large that it's not even worth quantifying. And that's their, that's the founder's aim is to provide enough information, so much information that it's not even really worth quantifying. Is there a danger embedded in that kind of worldview? Well, one of the issues with Google, for instance, is they are setting themselves up as the go-to place. Yeah. If you have a question about anything yeah. in life, yeah. type it in and you're going to get the answer. Well, first of all, you get their answers and you get them in order as they want you to get them. Mm -hmm. And they have their own agenda. So there's that. But there's another issue that's completely separate from that. And, and that is this. The kingdom of God you know, has always been built around people struggling through spiritual issues, life issues, going to the Lord in a protracted length of time, you know, just kind of um, trying to prayerfully figure out what the, the real answers are that God wants to give us. It's not meant to be given in a microwave mindset, you know, or you just snap your finger, type in your question, and there it is. That is not the way the kingdom of God works. And another issue with the uh, internet is its whole entertainment value. Mm. We want to be able to go and, and um, deal with issues in a more entertaining manner. I'll, let me just refer back to a message you gave one time, my all-time favorite Nate Dancer sermon, <laughs> uh, Satan is Amusing, and you brought out the word amusing, amuse, as tied in with entertainment, and you showed that that word is a um, conjunction. The prefix is a, uh, which you could say non or un. Okay. Ah, uh, muse. Muse is a word that we don't use very much anymore, When you, but it means to contemplate on a deep level. Yeah. You muse over life's issues. And so what you brought out in that message is that Satan is all about amusement, which is to keep you from deeply contemplating life's more important issues. Yeah. So he presents this superficial, glitzy, show that gets you focused on that so you don't muse over the deeper issues of life. It's interesting that you brought up the whole entertainment aspect of the information age because that was my next question. We see it everywhere. You go to a YouTube video to get information and it's presented in this really exciting, fun, interesting way. It's not just information, it's Infotainment. They actually have a word for it, infotainment. Why are we like this, and what is this doing to us? We have been trained to be entertained constantly. But the kingdom of God was built around men like Moses 
and David and Paul who spent large amounts of time out in the wilderness where there were no distractions Mm. and that's where they would hear the voice of God. My point is we have lost our ability to sit in silence and hear the voice of the Lord and that's one of the things that concerns me about the whole entertainment system. All right, let's start wrapping up and let's deal with one final thing that you dealt with in the first section of your book, and that is pornography. And you said that you could have easily just included that in the chapter on media because really it's just another form of entertainment. Um, What are some of the most dangerous lies that are being told to us through pornography? Well, let me just narrow it down to what I consider to be the most damaging lie involved with pornography, and that is this. The message going out on every pornographic piece of material, book, video, whatever, it is this. Sex is the most important thing in life. Hmm. Well, what they're doing, these pornographers, they are catering to their target market and trying to keep them coming back. They want to build up that lie inside their minds so they'll keep coming back to them. Pure Life Ministries has been in existence for, you know, going on 35 years now. And our whole reason for existence is to repair the damage that has been done to countless marriages and lives because of that one lie. Hmm. You know, that sex is everything. And that has ruined more lives and more marriages than anything I can think of. One of the things that I've heard so many people say that they appreciate about your writing and about Pure Life Ministries is that it's it's focused not on the surface, but on the foundational, the root issues. And we've talked today about mass media, how it shapes our values, how it feeds our flesh, how it's exposing us to a lot of sinful opportunities. Um, and I wonder... How does this whole conversation today relate to walking in truth in a world of lies? Well, I mean, I mentioned this in one of the past uh, shows, is that sin is a deceiver. That's Mm. what the Bible says, the deceitfulness of sin. You cannot be involved in any form of sin without a deception working itself into your whole frame of mind. Mm. You know, your whole, uh, I've talked about the importance of being in the Word of God because it creates a, a, a biblical structure in your thinking, a, a truth structure in your thinking. Well, it's the same thing that happens, you know, in reverse with sin is it creates a deceptive structure in your thinking. So it's like you're trying to look at some item or some issue or whatever, but it's like in the the old room of mirrors that you would see at the carnival, you know, and what is the real thing? You never really can get your mind around it. Mm -hmm. And so people in sin live in a state of constant confusion, unable to really lay hold of what exactly is truth. They can take a guess at it, and they may know it on a superficial level, but they can't really know that they're connecting with it. 
A few weeks ago, I sat down to plan this episode with Patrick, our editor, and he said he thought it'd be really good to hear from several of our staff members who are part of the millennial generation because they could very clearly articulate the power that media has to shape the inner world of humans. I liked that idea, and I said, well, why don't you use your own experience as the framework for that segment? So you're going to hear from him, Skip Gabin, and David Rodriguez about how worldly media both deceived and transformed them. I'll let Patrick take it from here. Before coming to Pure Life Ministries, the main form of media that dominated my life was music. I played cello, I sang in a choir, it took up most every day of the week. Outside of this, I was also listening to music, mostly secular music. My whole world revolved around it. It was a source of recreation, and it also gave me meaning. I even ended up teaching music because I thought that's how I could serve God and how he wanted me to serve him. But something I didn't see in my relationship with music was the messages I was listening to and the people that I was talking with about this. All of it had this negative influence on my life because so much of it had nothing to do with God. Now, I can't blame secular music for the sin that was in my life. That was my fault. But I see how the enemy used it as a powerful weapon to corrupt me and pull me away from the infant life in God that I had at a younger age. You see, I always had a list of favorite secular songs I would listen to, whatever I was doing. I would listen to the same song for hours, allowing myself to be taken up by the emotion of it. It fueled fantasies and the desires in my heart. And looking back, I see how much of an idol it really was. The more I listened to the words and the messages that it was proclaiming, the less I looked like a Christian, and the more I began to look like the world. You guys grew up in the same generation as me, so I wanted to ask, how did that play out in your life through other forms of media and technology? Yeah, I was uh, obsessed with digital entertainment. I really lived uh, for video games and TV, and this fueled a very self-focused lifestyle. I was lazy. I was full of self-pity. I really cared only about myself. I wasn't taking care of basic household responsibilities uh, or my personal hygiene. I had a good job, but I really didn't care about it. I was so addicted that I would be online very late into the morning, a lot of times until the sun came up. And because of that, I was late to work so often. It's a miracle I wasn't fired, and I was just in love with comfort and pleasure. All I wanted to do was be home where I could sit at my computer. So that was the pattern of my life for over a decade, and I've come to see that it was all an attempt at escaping reality. I used digital entertainment because it told me I was on the right path. No one said it in words, but it just made me feel good about escaping reality. Uh, the video game scene especially lent itself to just living a very fake fantasy life. And I knew that I had to escape reality because there was just so much wrong weighing me down. I was confronted with deeply rooted desires that I knew were wrong. So I did all I could to escape. Yeah, I mean, 
looking back, like I had, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all these different social media platforms. And every time that I had free time, I would go to my profile, always updating, always trying to look at captions and statuses. It really did control my life. Even going on different feeds and just seeing what everybody was posting, kind of entering into their lives, so to speak, um, and it did consume my life. You know, it became such an idol in my life um, to where I scheduled everything else around it. It dominated my thought processes, um, dominated every free idle time that I had. Um, in reality, I just used technology and media as a way to escape. You know, it actually became my religion in a way. If I posted a picture or caption having to do with God or Christianity, I really thought I was doing God a service. I thought if someone wasn't posting about God, they weren't saved. Um, but, you know, looking back, I really use social media as a way to run from the Lord and feed that self-centeredness. In high school, I did have a love for God, but I didn't see that the music I was listening to stood against the faith I professed to have. I was singing words that celebrated a life focused entirely on pleasing myself. So that's how I started to live. But what's crazy is that up until coming to Pure Life, I thought I was the best Christian out there. But in reality, I wasn't reading the Bible. I wasn't praying. If I went to church, it was more of a social club. But eventually, whenever I found myself in church, I would experience this hellish hate for everybody there. I was brought to a point in my life I couldn't see right from wrong anymore. So I know sin was deceiving me. What about you guys? How did that play out in your own lives? Before PLM, I sowed a lot of sin, uh, and that sin brought with it, as it always does, a war that deceived me and left me confused. It made me insane. On the one hand, I could see the bad fruit in my life. I could see that I was an awful roommate, I was an awful employee, a bad son, uh, and sin was controlling my life. It was dominating my thoughts and my actions and just the way I perceived the world. But the insane part is uh, I really ultimately thought I was okay. I still thought that I was basically a good person. In reality, I was not okay, and that war really increased my need to escape reality. And I can remember weekend after weekend just being cooped up in my room, door closed, headphones on, eating fast food, and playing video games just completely dead to the world. You know, it was all about status to me. Popularity, it was always about who was, who had the most likes, who had the most people following them. Like, I got caught up in all of that to the point to where I thought I was doing the right thing. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I thought I was right in doing this because I wanted to show people that my life looked as good as I was presenting it to be. Like, it became my reality in a way. I deceived my, I was self-deceived, thinking that I was really living out this life that I posted in pictures. It almost felt empty without it. I felt like I had to have that social status.
In the decades before coming to Pure Life, secular music sowed much more than just sexual sin into my heart. I became isolated and selfish, and this made me exceedingly lonely and depressed. This allowed an ever-growing hate, anger, and bitterness to fester as well. And of course, music is what I turned to to feel better. But it was absent of God, it was absent of real hope in Christ, and the feelings and the thoughts became worse and worse, leaving me more miserable. I was entirely self-absorbed, and everyone else around me was just a means to an end of pleasing myself. But it was never enough. So when you guys look back at your own lives, how do you see that that lifestyle was slowly degrading your character? When I was in the program, I saw into my heart, past the sexual sin, to the arrogance, the bitterness, and the laziness. The Lord allowed me to examine my life in a much deeper way. I had turned to entertainment and piled on all those activities uh, to get away from reality, but the atmosphere that I walked into just continued to feed my self-life. The community I was in was entitled. They were bitter and arrogant, just like I was. So it was really easy for me to feed off of that and continue going down that road. Yeah, I mean, it made me so jealous, so covetous of other people. Um, if someone got like a job promotion, one of the things that always tripped me up was so-and-so is in a relationship with so-and-so. And that always made me, man, I want to be in a relationship or change my status to it's complicated. <laughs> Things like that to where, you know, it's, it just made me so covetous and more self-pitiful. And I would always look at my circumstances, the circumstances that I got myself into, um, and thought like, man, like my life isn't really as great as I want this to be perceived as. When it came to sexual sin, there really was no escaping it when all I was turning to was music. If the lyrics didn't explicitly talk about hooking up, then I was still using the feeling of the song to help me live out the imaginative fantasies that were beyond reach for me in real life. I can remember one song in particular that I would always listen to and imagine I was singing it to whoever I was lusting after at the time, and I can't count the number of girls that I imagined singing this to over the years. So of course, when opportunities to act out on the sin in my heart came, I jumped at it. So when you look at the media that was in your own lives, did that play a part in making sexual sin worse for you, or were they more of separate issues? I would estimate I spent 40 to 50 hours a week sitting on my computer, playing video games, watching TV shows, movies, YouTube videos. I exposed myself to so much worldly media, and I immersed myself in those communities. The messages I got from them really reinforced the perverted and self-centered lifestyle that had already rooted itself in my heart. The people uh, that I met on the internet, they became my closest friends, um, but they were living the same kind of lifestyle 
that I was. Um, and so being surrounded with them really just continued to reinforce the normalcy and acceptability of immorality. There was no standard of morality in our chat rooms. We talked about whatever we wanted. Uh, we even bragged about our immoral behavior. Social media fueled my sexual lust without a shadow of a doubt. Looking at pictures, looking at videos, because I really saw that, that social media underneath it all was about pleasure, was about sex, was about sensuality. And the more that that grew in me, the more that I actually started searching it out. So that fed so much of that fantasy and that lifestyle that was already kind of embedded in me over years of feeding self-centeredness through social media. Today, I don't listen to secular music. I do love worship music, but the Lord has actually taken me through seasons where I won't listen to music for months at a time. And I think this has been to help me to rely on Him and not my feelings and not my thoughts. There's actually an old hymn that says, once it was the feeling, now it is His word. And that's what I see changing in my life. For so many years, I wanted to feel better, but music couldn't accomplish that. And now God's word is the most precious thing to me. But it isn't there to save me from my bad feelings. It's there to save me from my sin. For you guys, video games and social media aren't a part of your personal lives at all. What has God taught you about living a real Christian life that contrasts with the way that you used to live? Well, that entertainment-obsessed lifestyle that I used to live was all about me getting what I wanted and feeling how I wanted. Um, now, I can honestly say that the Lord is teaching me, painful as it is, to deny myself and having a routine for the evening and the morning. He's giving me grace to wake up when I need to. He's showing me the value of denying myself uh, when it comes to things like eating right. He's actually changing my heart so it's not just drudgery. And he's giving me a really clear view of how I can humble myself before him and before others. The Lord is transforming me into a man of God who's ready and willing to exercise his faith so that I can deny my laziness, my apathy, my arrogance, and by God's grace actually be a different person. Yeah, what has God taught me about living a real Christian life? I think one of the main things was fellowship. I think the last couple of years without social media, he showed me that I don't have to live that facade. I just don't have to. As a Christian, being in fellowship with other believers and being there physically, like I remember after not being on social media for a while, finally looking at my parents and saying like, man, they have the same eyes as I do. Because I was so attached to my phone and attached to social media, I never looked at my parents like that before. I think he gave me like a whole new renewed mind in the area of what it means to be with somebody, to be, to just be in their presence. When I look back, I see how empty it all was. 
There's this sadness at how many years I was grieving the Lord, but I'm so grateful because he's given me something real in my life. His word says that we know his love in that while we were still sinners, he died for us. And every day I was hurting him more and more, he was still working out a way to redeem me. It's really difficult to explain how clearly I can see the lies that are in the American culture that I consumed on a daily basis. I think back on it, and I'm nearly overcome with grief, but also filled with so much gratitude because the Lord has been using his word to cleanse me and change me from the inside out. In my personal study time, I'm reading through the Bible in a year, reading, studying, meditating, four to five chapters every morning, and I can't tell you what it's like to have my mind filled with God's word instead of spending all that time filling my mind with absolute garbage. I get to fall asleep with scripture in my mind and wake up actually excited about getting into the word and spending time with the Lord in prayer. I thought I knew what it meant to give away my life, but looking back, I see that I was rejecting the life that he was trying to give me. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, in social media, you think that you're going to find it one day. You think that you're going to finally be happy and finally be at the pinnacle of, of the image. But it's almost like you keep climbing the mountain that you never get to the mountain peak. But with living as a Christian in this real lifestyle based on the Bible, I'm seeing it's the total opposite. It's going down the mountain in a way, coming down off of the mountain um, into humility and losing that life to find him. In one of Pastor Steve's books, Intoxicated with Babylon, if I remember right, he said that television is largely a glorification of the deeds of the flesh. But what we're exploring here is that beyond the sex, drugs, cussing, and the whole list of easily identifiable wrongs is this dark undercurrent of deceptive messages that is coming from every form of media. And it's impossible to see where the deception is if you are not immersed in truth. Why don't you spend some time this week and reflect on the role that media plays in your own life and ask the Lord to help you lay down anything that is hindering you and then consecrate yourself more fully to him and to his will because this world of lies is gaining strength and it is vital that you grow and remain strong in your faith. Make sure you join us next week because tragically, deception even assaults us from within the four walls of the church. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us on Purity for Life. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.